106.1 FM in Bombela. It is uh, 20 minutes uh, to 3, and thank you so much uh, for not touching that dial. We're focusing right now um, on Mkhabulu. This is a history, South African history lesson, as we get to know um, what makes up this uh, people um, that are called South Africans. And uh, going back to history sometimes helps us to understand why we do things um, the way we do in, in our current uh, situations and format. And uh, joining us uh, right now is Tamika Plaiki, who is uh, going to help us understand understand and get to know better um and uh, good afternoon and welcome thank you so much uh, for joining us that like Good afternoon, and good afternoon to listeners. So good to um, to speak to you about this uh, great icon, great uh, giant. Maybe if we can start with, what are you up to currently? <laughs> well, currently I'm up to a few things. Uh, I'm a farmer, but I'm also advising the Minister of International Relations, Comrade Lindewe Sisulu. I'm also finishing a book on the Sabukwe, which will be launched on the first week of September 2018. So we're going to get some insights on what's in that yes. book, uh, almost like a teaser. Yes. Now, take us through his early yes. education days. I mean, how does he even end up uh, a teacher coming from an environment where his father worked as a municipal laborer and um, a, a part-time woodcutter, something uh, in common with Julius Malema, and uh, his mother, a domestic worker and, and a cook at a local hospital? Well, his other brother was a teacher. Ah. Uh, he had the following people. His first sister was uh, Nompuku, Illinois. The second brother was Ernest, who became a bishop in the Anglican Church. And the third one was Charles, uh, who was very close to Sobukwe. And the last one was Robert Sobukwe, who also became a teacher. He took after his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born on the 5th of December, uh, the day that Mandela died, 1924, wow. in a small town of Kafreinez called Kwamasizake. It was a town that was established in 1857 when plus minus 3,500 women and children mm-hmm. fled the devastating famine caused by Nona Hausa. Uh, you remember Nona Hausa in 1856 prophesied people should kill cattle, they should do this and yeah. that. The dead will arise from the grave and the sun will rise from the west to the east and the whites will be torn to the sea. The prophecy never came to fruition, and a, a large quantity went to a place called Hrafainet, where they settled among the colored people, and the Afrikaner people, and the English people. That is why Sobukwe could easily speak Africans, he could conduct a sermon in Africans, mm-hmm. he could speak Sesotho, he could speak English, and he could speak Tosa. And later on, he got a scholarship to study in Hilltown. It was in Hilltown where he demonstrated uh, himself and Projected himself as a scholar, mm. uh, great intellectual. He was in the company of great people, great teachers who had a far reaching impact in his life. Remember, it is the same school where Mandela had attended a few, a few years earlier. And uh, he passed with distinction, awarded the scholarship once again to go and study at Fort Hay. Wow. It was at Fort Hay that he became politically conscious after meeting people like uh, Godfrey Peter, who was a lecturer in the anthropology. Uh, people like uh, Dr. Ntato Motlana, mm. who was a classmate with him, Mtu Mukhese, who became the Prime Minister of Lesotho, Robert Mugabe, who became the Prime Minister of Zimbabwe, uh, Chitepo became the Prime Minister of Zambia, 
Gachabuteleze, uh, who became the president of the IFP. It was this uh, young group and constellation of ideas. But there were other great intellectuals at that school, Z.K. Matthews, uh, for instance, the grandfather to Nale Dipando, a great scholar, the first African to have a PhD degree in 1927. Mm. So these are the people who who had a formative impact on Sokukwe. And at that point, he started joining the Youth League, after having come into contact and into the influence of a guy called A. Pinda, the second president of the AIDS Youth League. Mm. But he was, he, was a, he, was a, he was a great writer, mm. a great debater. He became the president of the SRC, and he delivered a very devastating speech, which today resonates with being an African. He spoke about the land question, when mm. it was not even fashionable. Wow. He was an avoracious reader. He read so many books, he involved in so many debates, mm. and that is why he was elevated to the greatness that he attained. Purely, I think his claim to fame is not just his political view, mm. it is his deep intellectual strength. So we brought politics, not just emotion, but a deep intellectual fortitude, which hinged his political orientation. Now, going back to the early years of um, him qualifying uh, with a, a Bachelor of Arts degree, uh, I, I mean, there's um, a native administration as a qualification. What does that mean? Native administration brought, was not what is called public administration. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was taught by a lecturer called Cecil Nkauko, who was a member of the Unity Movement. The Unity Movement was one of the you know, political parties then, which pride itself of being too intellectual. Uh, they followed a Trotskyite orientation, mm. and one of the teachers who had an influence on Sobukwe was in Kaoko, who preached the principle of non-collaboration, which is what Sobukwe took up with him when he joined the PNC. Uh, he also taught her that he was taught by uh, Professor Mzamane, the father to the late Professor Mbulelo Mzamane. Mm. He was taught English by, the, by Professor Dent, or Dr. Dent, uh, I think he did other ancillary courses, including education, uh, pedagogy. Yeah. So when he qualified, he could then uh, do a BA ed degree, bachelor's of, uh, it's called uh, Diploma in Higher Education. Mm-hmm. It was this diploma that enabled him to be invited by his former friend uh, to become a teacher uh, mm-hmm. in Hilltown, sorry, in Standardton. Remember that he was not allowed to teach in the Eastern Cape because mm. he had fought with the very missionaries that were responsible for giving him money to go and study at Fort Hay. He disagreed with them, confronted them, and he, he criticized their paternalistic and condescending uh, liberal ideologies over Africans. And they said they are not going to recommend him for any position to be, uh, to be a teacher in the Eastern Cape. Mm. You remember that most of the schools were controlled by missionaries, and had a greater influence in appointing teachers, especially in many of the missionary schools. So that is why he ended up in Standardton. Sure. That is very far from home, where he came into Standardton and became a teacher. Also in Standardton in 1952, he was part of the defiance campaign. He was fired. Mm. And the community of Standardton stood up. They marched to the superintendent's office, demanded that Google must be reinstated, and he was reinstated. Uh, he met with a, a guy called John Nyatipokela, with whom he was a teacher in Standardton. Uh, his wife had been a girlfriend then, went to visit him. And then he also contradicted the syllabus. There was a, a superintendent who had come to give a lecture, and Subaru stood up and said, 
your information on history is inaccurate. Mm. The story of Hinza, this is how Hinza was killed, this is how what happened to Hinza, and he was suspended. Wow. And after being suspended, then he applied for the position. Uh, A.C. Jordan, one of the persons who taught him at Fort Hare, A.C. Jordan is a father to Paolo Jordan. Uh, A.C. Jordan, Archibald Jordan, invited Sobukwe to apply for a position that was vacant in 1950 at Vet University and recommended him, together with Z.K. Matthews, recommended him, together with a number of lecturers at Fort Hare. And he was accepted at Vet to become an assistant uh, lecturer in Zulu. That is mm. where he taught mm. people like Mrs. Mbeki. That is where he taught people like Aziz Pahat. That is where he taught the other Pahat brother. And that is where he also assisted Bishop Desmond Tutu with his studies when he was studying part-time at UNISA. So he then got a house in Mufolo, south, where he started a family, and then he came very closer to the contestation that was happening in Johannesburg around the Youth League. Mm. The Youth League were against the Freedom Chart because these were the preparations uh, for the Freedom Charter, which was established in 1955 in July. And the Youth League were vehemently opposed to the fact that what you say South Africa belongs to us, to all who live in it. South Africa is an indigenous country of African people. They were criminally oppressed. They were marginalized. They are slaves in their own country. You cannot say the land belongs to the slaves and to the slave lords. The African, Africa belongs to the Africans. Africa for Africans. And to date, it's still a bone of contention. And I think um, we need to uh, tread and and understand exactly what it is that uh, we want out of the land question. Uh, uh, Time running completely out, um, but we need uh, need us to connect. When you spoke earlier on, you were talking about these names of these great icons that um, he he went to school with. And it got me thinking, I mean, all of them were student representative uh, council members. And what lessons can or should the current student leaders learn from the generation of Abu Sobuk? I think the main lesson is you cannot be a leader if you have not soaked your mind into academic thought. Mm. And you cannot be a great leader Go if you have school. not met and have been in a company of equal peers, of young people, elderly people who are going to shape your thought and shape your view of the world. And it is the makings of a leader to be chiseled in the fullness of intellectual uh, orientation and to to read and to be inquisitive so that by the time you stand up and you lead, you lead from a basis of a strong foundation. You have um, tantalized our taste buds, as my grandfather would say. <laughs> we are so looking forward <laughs> to that book. Thank you. Thank you very much for well, and, and I, One thing I was just mentioned very quickly. Mm. Sobuka was a Musoto. His grandfather comes from Musoto. So contrary to popular belief, he was not a Mutrose. Chini. <laughs> okay. All right. Can't need. Oh, this displacement. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ramutwa and yeah, no point of no hey, return. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much, Sekhabule Strong for sure. <laughs> and uh, okay. that is South African Kabul. history lesson um, um about Robert Sobukwe, and that was Tamiga Plaki, who's a former Secretary General of the Pan Africanist uh, Congress. As you heard, that uh, he's now advising um, Minister Lindy Wesisulu.